Whoa, what's up? It's your boy Razor, and welcome back to the Nerd Voodoo Podcast. In today's episode, we will be continuing our fighting game series. Part one was last week. I discussed Data Alive and Tekken. This is part two, and in this week, I will be discussing the King of Fighters and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I'm finishing the series off next week with Street Fighter and Street Fighter Legend of Chung Lee. So if you into fighting games, then I hope you enjoy me just talking about these movies. I know, at least when it comes to like shit like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and I know a bunch of people have talked about it, but they not me. So I I, I want to talk about it because I have a special relationship with that particular movie. So um, and and with the Street Fighter movies too. But definitely Mortal Kombat Annihilation It marked a milestone For me in my life And I will discuss that when I get to that movie But first we're going to jump right into it And we're going to discuss The King of Fighters Round 1 Fight So before I jump into the movie Just a quick little background About what The King of Fighters is In case you Aren't familiar with the series so the King of Fighters, if you want to ask somebody like me, it is almost a precursor in a way, not not similar in the style in the gameplay, but the concept almost is similar to Smash Brothers. You know, when the first Smash Brothers came out, it was solely you know Nintendo gathering other Nintendo characters to come into one game and fight each other for whatever reason. You know, so um. The King of Fighters is very similar to that, and it happened years before Smash. You know, not so many years before, but you know, maybe about three, four, five years before Smash, depending on when all that shit came out. SNK, which is the the um company behind King of Fighters, they were releasing a couple of other fighting games and beat 'em ups and other games. You know, late '80s and early '90s or whatnot, and they decided to do something similar where they took characters from these other fighting games and that's one of the main differences between you know what smash did and what um king of fighters did is smash took characters where if somebody would have told you hey man mario and 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 kirby is going to be in a fighting game you would have looked at them back in 96 or whatever when smash came out i think smash came out 96 97 somewhere around like it looked at you like what the fuck is you talking about Mario Archer, he gotta plumb, he gotta be plumbing. Kirby gotta be out here eating stars and gobbling up people and all that, you know. They don't fight. Or they don't fight in that traditional sense, but you know, Nintendo made it work. Whereas with SNK, you looking at games like the Art of Fighting. That was already a fighting game. You look at Fatal Fury, which um a couple of characters from Fatal Fury are in this movie. Is anybody from the Art of Fighting? In this movie? I think there's actually one... There's one character from the auto fighting in this movie, but they don't get named, and you would actually have to know the series to recognize that particular character. So, that's what they did. They took characters from auto fighting. They took characters from Fatal Fury. Um, They took characters from a game called Akari Warriors. I don't think that was necessarily a fighting game. I think that was more so... Um, Mm, uh, I don't know what it was because I've actually never played it. I know what it is. I've never played it. Um, there was another game called Athena something. They got 
that character and what else they did they created characters that were solely for king of fighters you know um characters who weren't in any of the other games and those were the main characters you know everybody else from all the other games they were kind of like secondary characters or whatever you know the story the story revolved around the original characters for king of fighters which for the most part the main i want to say three or four characters that was made for king of fighters you know the um the protagonist and, and, and the main antagonist all of them made it into the movie so to start let's see let me see real quick okay so the budget for king of fighters which came out in 2009 the budget was 12 million box office half a million five hundred thousand that's all they made back they spent 12 million and that was to make the movie i don't know if that includes marketing and stuff like that but they barely they barely made anything back rotten tomatoes 11 percent. so when the movie starts off we are introduced to i want to say I, I i can't say if she's the main character but she's the character that we witness most of the movie through and that's my my comes from the game fatal fury I will say this about my and and and, and let me preface this by saying I give no shits about whether the main character is a female or male. None of that shit matters to me. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit, right? But at least make your main character a character that has some relevance to the games, other than if if you if you've played King of Fighters, you know why my is popular you know what i'm saying she's a she's pretty much a big titty ninja right <laughs> that's her that's that's her main gimmick she's a ninja with big ass titties and they animate those like that's just how the game works right you know what i'm saying that's why she's popular and i'm assuming that's why they figured oh well, let's make her the main character of the movie which you know to me that's stupid um but you're introduced to her and she's in the shower and she's taking a shower whatever whatever boom she comes out the shower she wraps up she gets an alert or some shit i believe and she has a bluetooth she puts the bluetooth on and all of a sudden she's fully dressed and she's fighting somebody in a motherfucking um r kelly fur jacket okay for people who know the series they can look at that character and look at his weapons. He has some, um, I believe it's called tongue for some, the, the two little sticks that you hold in your hand. He had those. If you played um the art of fighting, because I don't know if he ever actually made it to any of the King of Fighter games, but if you played art of fighting, then you would know that as Mr. Big. You know, or Mr. Is it Mr. Biggs or Mr. Big? I think it's just Mr. Big. He wears a fucking fur coat. He has the, the 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 weapons and shit. Only difference is in the game he's bald headed, got a little goatee, and in this game, in the movie, he was just a little dude with a little hell, whatever, whatever, right? She whips his ass, and next thing you know, she's out of the Bluetooth. I instantly was like, "What in the fuck is this?" Being that um, Kango Fighters, 
if I if I had to rank them, if I had to do a power ranking real quick of my favorite um franchises, King of Fighters is literally you could say tied for second with Mortal Kombat. You know what I'm saying? Like I I really did. I had I had King of Fighters '94 for the Game Boy. I played the fuck out of that. Before King of Fighters, um, my cousin I believe had he had the art of fighting games. So you know he would bring that over and we would play that. So I was very familiar with the 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 company and the series. And I used to see Fatal Fury in the arcade all the time. And I think I had played it in the arcade a few times. So I was familiar with King of Fighters. So King of Fighters is is right there up to me. So the shit that stands out to me as a fan of the video game, I was just like I was already confused within the first five minutes. Like, what in the fuck? is this why did she just go into a bluetooth and fight this is not some shit that i'm familiar with right so after all that shit it's kind of like oh well, before i get into that so what i was bringing about mai is mai is not the main character of kanko fighters okay that's that's one thing is she the main character from the game she came from no, she's not even the main character in the game that she came from. And the main character in the game that she came from, which is Fatal Fury, is Terry Bogard, who is also in this movie. And he plays even... He might play the second... At least for the protagonist. He might play the second least important role out of all the protagonists in the movie. So... After that, and this is it's been it's been about a week. It's been about a week since I watched the movie. I am not watching the movie again. I do have some notes. I will go over the notes, but I realize a lot of these notes are very angry because I I was pissed off watching the movie <coughs> because it's a movie that like compared to some of the other movies, compared especially compared to the next movie. I had only seen King of Fighters when it came out. Like in 2009, I saw it the year it came out. I knew it was ass. I think I knew it was going to be ass before I watched it. I didn't realize how ass it was. And then as I was watching it last week, I realized that honestly, it might be the worst out of all the movies. It, it, it depends because it's been a minute since I watched Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. So next week, once I watch that movie and get a refresh, we'll we'll see how bad that one is. But I don't I don't know what they was trying to accomplish with this movie. I know what they was trying to accomplish. This it's it's a cash in. This was 2009. Everything bad was coming out in 2009. All bad adaptations of shit was coming out in 2009 because I guess they was like fuck it. It's the it's the end of the 2000s. We getting closer away from the 90s. We need to throw as much fucked up 90s shit in this last year of the regular 2000 before it turned to 2010, right? So, what happens next is we are at some type of museum or some shit, right? A museum is a gala event. I don't know. It's a, it's an event. And we start seeing some of the other characters. Um, We are introduced to Chizuru and we are introduced to Iori. Iori and Ch Chizuru, they do play a very main part in the King of Fighters story, especially in the original saga. What's happening right now is Chizuru has these three sacred um, treasures, they call them, on display. Here's my thing. This is just me thinking. If they so sacred, why the fuck, you, why the fuck are they out? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
why are they out in the open especially when you get to the flashbacks and realize that somebody tried to steal these shits before why the fuck do you have them out why are you showing the world fuck the world keep them shits locked up they sacred treasures right so you might be thinking okay what, what's the big deal about these sacred treasures blah 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 so on and so forth also iori is apparently dating mai which if you know anything about the games i don't think iori gives a iota of a fuck about pussy and shit <laughs> and then the games um mai is actually um dating a character named andy bogar which is terry's younger brother so anyway what happens is you know iori mai and chizuru they all talking about some shit and they trying to explain to my the the uh, at least iori is trying to explain to my you know what the what the secret treasures are or the sacred treasures i mean you know and he's saying some shit and a lot of the shit he's saying if you know the 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 law of the game okay it makes sense it makes sense and he's talking about the the, the you know there's the the Yata mirror, which is part of Chizuru's clan. There's the what's the name of this shit? Because I would have assumed that it was the same. Because all of them, all the sec all the sacred treasures have the last name of the the character that's associated with them, except for this one. This is the um for the for Iori's clan. His last name is um Yagami, just like you know, light from Death Note. This is the Yasakana jewel. So it's kind of like a you know like a little beaded necklace or some shit. And then we have the Kusanagi sword and we would get to the character that's that's associated with it a little bit later because he doesn't show up in the movie yet. So basically we have Mai and Iori talking about this the treasures or what shit or whatnot. And apparently <laughs> this is the part where I was like what fucking king of fighters did they take this from because you know like king of fighters at a one king of fighters was the original non-sports game that came out every year like you know how like nowadays we get like a f new fucking call of duty every like november december or some bullshit this used to be a sports game thing mad 98 mad 99 mad in 2000 nba live 94 95 96 shit like that king of fighters was the first game at least in my in my mind space outside of a sports game that was like oh yeah we we doing this shit yearly because they was really looking at it like every year a new tournament happened so his king of fighters 95 his king of Ni fighters 96 97 98 99 2000 i want to say it got all the way up to 2002 until they kind of just started saying oh here's king of fighters 12 king of fighters 13 14 15 like the games wasn't coming out yearly anymore so anyway, they basically say that the sacred treasures are, are are powering up the Bluetooth to allow people to enter into another dimension where they can fight. And this dimension, I guess, is you just supposed to show that you can you will fight. Like they don't they don't explain why this is happening. They explain that they explain the. Uh, they are they are explaining why it's able to happen but they don't explain exactly why you know i think they do is some shit about chizuru's father wanted to 
show people some shit and he wanted to show that the sacred treasures are real or i don't know it was some i i i didn't give a fuck enough to remember i'm just gonna be honest i didn't give a i didn't give a fuck enough to remember or to write it in the notes because i was just like okay whatever so not too long after that we are introduced to rugel who is the main villain or the original main villain of the king of fighters series like king of fighters 94 he might have been back in 95 like honestly i played all those games but it's it's i can't remember because it's, it's so many there's so many of the motherfuckers right but rugel he shows up to steal the sacred treasures okay he steals them he kills a couple of people whoops some people ass or whatever everybody's running after him or whatever right so he is cornered in a room by Terry and Iori. Now I will say this: you don't know that this is Terry. You don't know who the fuck this is, but you know Iori because they introduce Iori or whatever like that. You see Terry. You see him a few times because I'm um, at one point earlier in the scene. You see Iori and Chizuru and Mai walking, and on two separate occasions, Chizuru turns around and looks directly at the camera, and then Mai turns around and looks directly at the camera. And Terry, or uh, at this point, FBI man, is like, do they know that I am watching them? Some dumb shit, whatever, right? So one of Terry's subordinates is like, hey, he's locked in this room, such and such and such, such. So Terry wants to go in. Uh, Iori, who knows what's happening and who knows who Rugal is and all this shit, he kind of like, say, bro, let's not just do that. You ain't, you know, so boom, they say, fuck it. They kick down the door. You know, policeman, FBI man, it's all like freeze, freeze. This motherfucker Rugal is like, nah, fuck all that. And he literally just like teleports inside of the mirror, right? He teleports inside of the mirror. When he teleports inside the mirror, he still has the mirror. He still has the beads or the jewels, but the sword drops. Terry is looking like what the fuck just happened. He literally sees that this happens. I point that out because for the next uh, hour or so of the movie, he acts like none of this shit is real. Even though he saw a grown man teleport into thin air in front of his eyes. He's on a job. He's not high. He's not drunk. So I don't see why he wouldn't believe what he saw until literally like maybe the last 10 15 minutes of the movie dumb shit so um oh yeah and in, in, in all of this chaos and havoc that rugel has started by coming there and stealing the, the treasures i would believe chizuru tries to stop him and at one point i think he sliced her stomach open so she's pretty much in the hospital all um in a wheelchair for the rest of the movie, right? So, at this point, I believe what what starts happening, and, and look, there's really not too much to go from. What starts happening is this is when we start getting info dumps, or we start like introducing characters because now we need the plot to progress. So, Iori is talking to Mai about some shit. I want to say that. Chizuru goes to 
a hospital. Mai comes to visit her, I believe, and then she says something about um Chizuru tells Mai that she needs to go visit um Seiju Kusanagi and she can probably get some answers from him about what's really going on. Some shit like that. She goes to the hospital and the nurse is like, Who you wanna talk to? She's like, Oh, Seisu Kusanagi. She's like, Oh, well, good luck with that. He hasn't said a word in like 10 years. He just sitting there, like he looking like he not even looking at her. He just looking straight ahead. He's sitting in the bed, looking through the looking through the window, like like he gone. You know what I'm saying? Like he's trapped. You know he's trapped in his mind or some shit. That's at least what he looking like. Boom! Knock on the door. It's his son, Kyo. Kyo is the main character of the King of Fighters um game. He's not the only main character because. Like, technically, him and Iori, they kind of share dudes, even though, like, their clans are rivals. They don't like each other. And it's it's a, it's a different, like, King of Fighters has different sagas. So, you know, for the first saga, it's pretty much about Kyo and Iori. The second saga is about, you know, Kyo and Iori, all, like, they are always important, but, you know, every couple of years or whatever they came out with a new protagonist to kind of you know and, and the protagonists though are always kind of linked to those we had um k dash who was pretty much like a genetic clone of keo whereas he he was a regular person but they did some experiments on him to try to give him keo's power and then they have ash crimson who i'm not about to get into i'm not about to even try to break all that shit down so anyway, Kyo comes in, he asks Maya like who she is. Oh, I wanna talk to my dad. Well, he's like, Well, he not talking to nobody, such and such. And he lays his daddy down and starts having story time, right? He just having story time, all that shit. Iori comes in. Cause he was trying to figure out what was going Yeah, I think Maya left. That's when Iori finds her. And Iori is like, Well, I was worried about you. I was calling you, wasn't answering shit. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I must have fell asleep, blah, blah, blah. They go back into the room. Kyo is there. Ma is like, oh, I have a friend who might um can help or whatever. His name is Iori Yagami. Once she says that, Kyo's father jumps up and is like, you, 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 I'm gonna kill you. He jumps up and tries to like choke the shit out of Iori. So Kyo is like, father, what is going on? Next thing you know, nigga died. <laughs> like the daddy I must have just went into a shock or something and just straight up died. So now Kyo is looking at Yori like, bro, what the fuck? Like, my dad ain't say a word in ten years. He heard your name and spazzed the fuck out and then died. Like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So at this point, they're trying to explain to Kyo, hey, um We got these three secret sacred treasures your clan has one of them we have had all three of them but the sword that we had from y'all was not real like it was a fake and you know we need this to to stop some shit he looking like that shit sound dumb as fuck so while that is going on rugel is like inviting other fighters into the Bluetooth dimension because what he wants to do is kill everybody so he be he could become the king of fighters and they they dropped that shit a few times because at one point I think somebody looks at 
somebody looks at yeah i think there's a part where like iori and maya are at the the little event in the beginning and everybody's looking at him and she was like oh, look how they look at you they look at you like you're the king of fighters whatever right so apparently he has already retired from the world of fighting some shit whatever rugel like i said is inviting other fighters i'm assuming other fighters from the game because when they do they i think at one point they show some bodies but you can't really tell who the fuck they supposed to be but he's introducing not introducing but he's inviting characters to the bluetooth dimension so he can kill them i don't know if killing them makes him stronger or if he just kills them that now that they are dead they can't fight him so the the more fighters that's dead the more he gets to be the king of fighter or whatever the king of fighters so he invites two characters named mature and vice um i believe in the original game in 94 or maybe 95 i don't know but the king of fighters the, how the game worked is different from a, a, a different from games like mortal kombat and street fighter where you just pick one character and it's a one-on-one -on -one fight in king of fighters you pick a team of three and whoever whoever can beat the other three characters first they win and your character stays on so the first character you, character you pick if you beat the other um player's first character that character stays but they don't regain all their health so it's kind of like a not a tag team because you couldn't you I don't I don't think you could tag in people it was just that you fight as long as that character has health and once that character loses health they get knocked out is the next um character's turn so in those games I believe Vice and Mature were partners for Iori and one of the biggest differences between the reasoning of everything happening in the game and the reasoning of everything happening in the movie is in the game and in the movie, I'm going to say this, and in the movie, there's an entity called Irochi. And I basically believe that, like, you use the, the sacred treasures to seal Irochi, to, to stop Irochi from doing whatever, to, you know, corrupting somebody and giving them this type of power that can cause them to take over the world and all that shit. In the games, Rugal tries to get a piece of this Irochi shit. He tries to, to take it for himself. Another character who's not in the movie, so I'm not going to fucking talk about him. But it's actually one of my favorite characters and whatever. That's like King of Fighters 90, whatever. I don't give a fuck. He stops Rugal. Um, I believe he destroys one of his eyes. But because Rugal didn't die, he gives Rugal a little bit of Orochi energy. So when 94 comes around, he decides I'm going to start a tournament. I want these fighters to come because his whole thing was he likes to defeat. It was almost like some Star Wars shit. Um, when they dipped Han Solo in the 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 whatever the fuck they dipped him in the the carbonite or some shit or metal whatever the fuck they dipped Han Solo in, that's what Rugal does. He defeats somebody he dips them in that shit and then he turns them into a statue that's his way of saying like hey look i have conquered this person so the tournament in the game starts off because of him he's the one that's throwing the tournaments and all this shit 
Whereas in the movie, the tournaments are already fucking happening. And he just so happens to sneak into shit and, and, and take over. And then, you know... He doesn't... I don't think in the game is ever anything... Like, in the game, that's the name of the tournament. The King of Fighters or whatever like that. He just wants to... He wants to take the, the most worthy fighters that he thinks the best, whoop their ass, make them trophies and say, look, I whip their ass. So in, in a way, I guess there's something similar to the point where he, yeah, he's he's taking these characters, he's killing them. I guess that's his way of saying, look, I'm that dude. Don't fuck with me, right? Now, I didn't mention this, but he is played by Ray Park, who is the same dude that played Dalton Maul in the star wars prequels if i'm not mistaken i want to say like he's a legit martial artist and like a, a stuntman or something so when it comes to like some of the fights and the shit that he's doing when it comes to fights and all that that's not bad i will say that as far as it goes to being a a, a main villain that talks a lot and does all this type of shit I don't think he's the best suited for that, but you know, I've seen worse. I think I've seen worse. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on in there. So he gets vice and mature. He fights them. They, they, and I don't, I don't, I don't really even know what's going on in the game with them too, but in the movie, they are clearly in a relationship with each other or they fucking at least. And it gets to the point where he which one was it it was mature i believe yeah so he beats mature and he kisses her which kind of brainwashes her or some shit and then vice is like look i would do anything for you as long as you don't hurt her or whatever so chizuru and whoever else helps organize the tournament they sent out a sos to all the fighters like no matter what happens don't go in don't fight don't go inside the bluetooth don't fight nobody but vice on the other hand she's going through her phone and in her phone you see if you and this was like an easter egg for you know fans of the series you see all these characters who you recognize the names but you you know you don't see them but you're like oh man look is that character in her phone and that character in her phone so she's calling each one up like hey man i just came from the bluetooth don't worry about that warning Everything's good. If you get an invite, it's A-OK -okay to go and fight. But then she's kind of looking fucked up about it like, damn, man. I'm pretty much sending people to die. But then I think Rugal kisses her. She don't give a fuck no more because now she brainwashed. So. In the midst of all this, at a certain point, we find out that Terry is Terry. But there's no there's nothing about him and fatal fury until the end which is dumb as fuck but in this in this case he's an fbi agent he looks like he's about 47 or some shit which i was like what in the fuck is all this and then we find out that my is also an like undercover fbi agent and she was put on this case to figure out some shit whatever I don't give a fuck. I think they keep trying to convince Keo that shit is going on. Cause they, yeah, them two leave. 
um, Terry, Terry and Maya are talking and they're like, oh, well, if this is going on, we need to go talk to Keo before whatever happens. When they get there, we see Iori. Now, I believe before this happened, Iori goes to fight. Yeah, this part was, I didn't understand this shit at all. And not that I didn't understand this, but what I didn't understand was them still being skeptical after this shit happened. So you have my Iori, Kyo, and Terry all in a room together talking about some shit. My and Iori are trying to say like, hey man, this shit we talking about is real. This is real shit. You know what I'm saying? I think at a, I think at a certain point, somebody mentions Rugal to Kyo. And he's like, Rugal? I have to get my revenge. Rugal is the one that fucked my father up and all this shit. That's why my father was sitting there, uh, you know, all quiet for 10 years because of Rugal. Um, when all this is happening, for some reason, I can't remember why, but Iori jumps into a Bluetooth. So Iori jumps into Bluetooth. Rugal is like, bro, we can have it all, something like that. And Iori is like, bro, I came here to stop you. So they fighting or whatever. Mature and Vice, they try to jump Iori. And then you see like a ball of snakes. Iori reaches out for it because, you know, in the game, in the lore of the games, at a certain point, his clan, I want to say, does a pact with the Orochi or they try to do something with the Orochi. So his bloodline is kind of cursed. Even though he didn't directly do anything with the Orochi, he has Orochi in his blood. Which causes, in, in the video games, which causes him to spaz the fuck out. And he turns to Orochi Iori. Almost like a, almost like a Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Like just mindless destruction, violence. He's not talking. He's just screaming. All that type of shit. So that's what happens in the game. In the movie, he does it. And he ain't doing all that shit. But he's whipping ass. So he does that. He whips their ass and all that shit. Vice and Mature. And then Rugal is kind of like, all right, bro, whatever. And then Iori leaves. Terry and Kyo clearly see this shit happen. And they still like, I don't believe none of this shit y'all talking about. I don't give a fuck, bro. If somebody tell me, hey, we got some weird shit going on. And we there's a magical sword we need and you might have it somewhere. And then I see that person teleport inside of a Bluetooth and then they come back. I'm going to be like, say, bro, look, say, say no more. Tell me what to help me find this sword. Because I believe you. I just saw you disappear. These two dudes still don't believe. So we have the scene with my and Terry. Because I believe also in this scene, Terry says something. And that's when Iori and Kyo both find out that she's an undercover agent. Iori is really pissed off because you know they wasn't just cool, you know, it was dating or whatever. So he kind of looking like, so what? I guess he and his his say like, man, this whole relationship was was bullshit. So they have that. As my and Terry go to see Kyo, Iori has already showed up. Iori gives him the Bluetooth and he goes inside the Bluetooth world. He fights Rugal. Rugal busts his ass, but Rugal is like, look, I'm not going to kill you. Go tell your friends something, something. This is something, man, if I was ever a villain in a TV show, a video game, a movie, an anime, a cartoon, 
a web series, a fucking radio drama series. If I was a villain, I ain't man. All that dumb. I'm gonna let you live. Tell your nope. I'm about to kill you. Your friends will find out what's going on after they find out that you dead. I'm not giving anybody a chance to defeat me. That's so fucking stupid. It's always the person that they let go, which is the one that that finds the way to defeat them or some dumb shit. So he tells them, "Hey, do this shit and um go tell your friends what's am. I'm not going to kill you, but tell your friends what's am. You know what I'm saying? Tell your friends if they want the smoke, I got all of it. All that type of shit." So we get down to the to the final shits or whatever. Keo goes get the sword, right? He gets the sword. So they looking at him like, nigga, you knew where the sword was at all the time. He just looking like, yeah, I guess. I didn't believe y'all, but yeah, it's the sword. They all getting ready to go into the mirror dimension or the Bluetooth dimension or whatever the fuck. Uh, I think Terry still kind of doesn't believe, but he's like, man, look, whatever y'all say, whatever. Chizuru, she shows up and they all get in there. She's kind of telling Iori like, hey, you can't go in there. You need to stay here. So, you know, all of them go. So Chizuru goes, Chizuru goes, Mai goes, Terry goes, Kyo goes. For whatever reason, when you trans, when you all teleported inside the Bluetooth world, you get a costume that is kind of reminiscing, reminiscing to um, the costumes that they wear in the games, except for Mai. I don't know what the fuck Mai was wearing, but the actor, the actress, they had Maggie Q. Maggie Q. They could have made a costume for Mai that looked like the video game costume, but if they did, you would have had some fucking body complaining. She ain't got no tennis. Why is she playing? Cause I know motherfuckers is stupid like that, right? So she had on a costume or whatever. Keo kind of looks like what he does in like the first couple of King of Fighter games. Iori kind of has a, a costume similar. So does Chizuru. Then there's Terry. I don't know how the fuck they made Terry look like a homeless Terry. <laughs> but like dude got on his little his iconic little vest, but it's like a puff vest now. And he got like a long sleeve gray shirt, but then it got like the fucking the sleeves. They got the holes in it at the bottom, so you can put your thumbs in it and all this shit. He doesn't fight anybody of any importance. I think at, at a certain point he's fighting either mature or vice, but most of the time he's getting chased around by these fucking homeless people or some shit. Because here's one thing I didn't mention, and I didn't I didn't want to mention until I got to the end because it almost blends in into the next movie or especially the next series, which is the Mortal Kombat Annihilation movie. Some shit that Rugal is doing now that he's in the Bluetooth world is causing the Bluetooth world to merge with the normal world and that's why you got like all these homeless people i think just chasing people around and shit terry fights a couple of homeless people and then i think he knocks one out and he picks up a hat and the hat just so happens to say fatal fury and it was so garbage i'm looking like why the fuck is any of this shit happening so long story short they start fighting rugal at a certain point rugal tells keo why his daddy really was fucked up. And he's like, man, I didn't do that shit. So what happened was, 
your daddy was busting my ass. And then I started busting his ass. And then Iori was like, oh man, this man too strong. And then Iori reached out, grabbed the Orochi. He got the Orochi power and he started busting my ass. He just beating the shit out of me. So now Chizuru and your daddy is like, say, bro, chill out. Iori looks up at your daddy, hit him with the three piece. Boom, boom, boom. Your daddy fly back in his superstar Adidas with his gi on. And he's like, ooh, oh, ooh, oh, and all that shit. And that's why um, Kyo's daddy was fucked up. That's why when he heard the name Iori, he snapped out of it like, oh, Iori the one who put me in this fucked up state 10 years ago. So as he tells Kyo this story, Kyo kind of turns around like, is this true? For whatever reason, I the the um Orochi has repossessed Iori. They fight for a while, and then somebody slices Iori in the back with the Kusanagi sword, which causes the Orochi to leave out his body. Now he's regular again. So Rugal Rugal does some shit that technically kills Chizuru. Like she dies. She dies in the Bluetooth world, so I guess that kills her in the real world. And then he's about to he shoots a fireball that's going to kill everybody else. But then out of the blue, my somehow gets these force filled, you know, invisible woman powers or some shit, right? And she's blocking the fire. Some bullshit happened. Kyo and Rugal fight. Rugal breaks the sword. He's about to kill Kyo with another fire blast or some shit. All of a sudden, Kyo makes the sword grows back. He throw it at Rugal. It hits Rugal. Rugal turned to like some stone shit. He died. Boom. The threat is over with. At the end of the movie, you got Terry Mai and Kyo like, hey, what are we? What you gonna do next? He says some shit. They put a little thing in the water. I guess that's a, a memorial for Chizuru. And then Iori is sitting on the bench and he turns around and looks at Kyo. And then the movie goes off. So, I mean, was it satisfying? No. Will I ever watch it again? No. Like, that's one of the movies where it's it's bad, but it's not. It doesn't reach that level of it's bad enough. It's so bad that it's enjoying. You know, that I, that I feel enjoyment from watching it. That I, you know... If you can at least make me laugh at something in the movie, whether it's intentional or whether it's unintentional, if I can laugh, hey, I, I might I might watch you again. I could not. I don't think I found anything funny about that shit at all. Garbage. Round two. Fight. Okay, so now... We are about to get into Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, before I say anything, I just want to run down some quick stats. The budget for the movie was $30 million. Box office, they made $51 million, which compared to all the rest of the movies I talked about so far, that might sound good, but it's, it still was a, a failure. Right? Rotten Tomatoes, 4%. And it deserves those 4%. At least in my opinion. So, I saw this movie the night it came out. In November 1997. I was so amped up to go see this movie. Because I 
religiously watch the first Mortal Kombat. I watched that movie like many days. I would watch that movie maybe three or four times in a row. Like if I had the time to, it was on, um, we had the cable box with the chip and it was on pay-per-view and I would watch it all the time. And yeah, even as an adult, you watch it. It's not, it's not the greatest piece of cinema. Nobody is going to sit there and, and argue that. But it, 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 it's a good time. It's, it's, it's decent. You know, it's good. It's good. It's especially back, especially for back then. It was good for a video game movie. And what's fucked up is even years later, even probably a decade later, after that movie came out, it was still maybe the best video game movie because video game movies were just, they were not hitting at all. It was complete misses constantly. I always tell people this that this movie stole my um it stole my movie innocence. And what I mean by that is when you're a kid, if you like something, it's hard for you to objectively see that it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a I was a big fan of the Ninja Turtles, right? And I watched the cartoon all the time. I had Ninja Turtle slippers, I had Ninja Turtle sheets, I had a bunch of the toys I had all that shit right I had Ninja Turtles 3 on VHS I watched it all the time and I enjoyed it I thought it was good it wasn't until I got older that I was like hold on people don't like um, Turtles 3 that's crazy that movie was good and then I watched it a couple of months ago and I was like oh that's why they don't like it this movie actually sucks ass I couldn't tell back then. I, I believe I was like eight when I first saw the movie. I could be wrong, but I think I was eight, seven or eight, maybe. And all I know is it's a new movie with the turtles. It's not hard to entertain a kid, right? By the time Mortal Kombat Annihilation came out, I was 11. I was a little bit older and it was easier for me to see things. And then I went into the movie knowing some of the story because um, a dude I went to school with, and I can't remember if I talked about this on the last episode, but a dude I went to school with, he had a, a, a book for either, I wanna say it was like maybe Mortal Kombat trilogy. And I would read the book and the book had like all the backstory for the characters and shit like that. So there was a few things I was expecting going into the movie, but I wasn't expecting what I saw when I was 11. And I remember leaving the movie theater disappointed. I was pissed off. I was mad because that movie was ass and I knew it. And it was the first movie I ever watched where I was watching it. And knowing that it's something I liked, it was just like, why is this so bad? So we start the movie off directly where Mortal Kombat ends. Liu Kang has just defeated Shang Tsung and I think they are at the Shaolin Temple when Shao Kahn shows up at the end of the movie and laughs and says some shit like whatever so now we are in this movie the first thing you notice if you saw the original was about 95% of the actors are different now you know they only kept Robin Show who plays Liu Kang and the chick I can't remember her name is it's Talissa something who plays Katana. That's the only two that came back. 
everybody else didn't come back and the reason they didn't come back is is a mixed reason but for the most part the producer the man who was in charge of making the film didn't want to pay them they would have they would have been paid more money to do a sequel and he didn't want to do that and some of them read the script and it was like this is going to be as um if you just heard that noise in the background that's my turtle jazz just doing dumb shit but anyway he he didn't want to pay anybody he didn't want to pay the staff he didn't want to pay the the cast so a lot of a lot of people from screenwriters to directors and all that shit a lot of people left they either left because they saw the script they knew the script was ass or they left because they just they wasn't getting paid or whatever so like right off the bat Raiden and Raiden fights Shao Kahn. He is whooping Shao Kahn's ass. Shao Kahn, so a loser type dude that he is, he grabs um Sonya, Sonya Blade, which causes Johnny Cage to just lose his shit, not think, not think at all. And he goes to do a shadow kick. Shao Kahn fucks over him real quick. Raiden is like, look, I would I will sacrifice I would trade myself for those two. Leave them alone. Shao Kahn like, bet. I got that. Come on, bro. Come over here. I'll let them two go and I'll take you. But soon as soon as Raiden starts to walk, boom, Shao Kahn snaps Johnny's neck. You know, and I was, this is like within like the first three, four minutes of the movie. I had a feeling that Johnny Cage was going to die just because of some shit I had read about what was going on with like Mortal Kombat um, 3 and Trilogy and shit. And I knew Johnny wasn't in the game, so I kind of figured like, okay, that's they're going to that's how they're gonna do him in the movie eventually. Did not think it was gonna be in the first um few minutes. They also had some graphics. The graphics was just ass. If you look at what they did, if you looked at what the first movie looked like compared to this second movie, it makes no sense for it to look this bad. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes no sense. The best way I could put it is it was the quality of a movie that goes straight to like VHS or DVD. This shit was in the theaters, but it looked so fucking worse. And how did it look worse than a movie that came out two years before it, right? So anyway, this is this is when the for me, the main problem of the movie begins. And this is them finding a way to shoehorn every single character they can into the movie whether it made sense or not and just and i'm just gonna just i'm just and here's the thing the way i talk about this movie you're gonna think that i'm skipping a lot of shit but i'm not there's really no fucking plot there's no real story progression there's no evolution of the characters there's no growth there's nothing it's literally a fight scene somebody probably dies or disappears characters walk run into a new character there's probably a fight scene that character dies or disappears and and just rinse and repeat the whole movie so pretty much Raiden is saying all this shit like okay you know we need to defeat um Shao Kahn, but look, we're not strong enough to defeat Shao Kahn. Sonya, I need you to go find your partner, Jax, because Jax briefly showed up in the first movie, I believe, trying to find Sonya. 
and um, Liu Kang. I want you and Katana to go find this dude named Nightwolf. Nightwolf will help you learn some shit to help you defeat Shao Kahn. So that's the first thing we have. So we have Sonya going to find Jax, and then Liu Kang and Katana going to find um, Nightwolf. So one of the first things we have, and some of this shit might not be in order, but it's all around the same thing. And this is one of the things I don't understand about certain movies. If I was a villain, I'm not, I'm not, A, I'm not giving you my plan. I'm not telling you what I'm trying to do, which some movies do. Um, I'm not explaining to you how my powers work, which happens a lot in anime. I'm, if I'm a villain, I'm not telling you how my powers work. That's how you beat me. Fucking stupid. And then two things that happened in this movie. The villain letting people live when they could kill him. And then the villain being so overly. um, What's the word? Tyrannical. That they do shit that. That is a detriment to themselves. And I know the reason they doing it is because the movie, the writers, the producers, the director. They're trying to show you. Just how vicious this character is, but like if you really thought about it in a smart way, it's stupid. So what happens first is when 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 Shao Kahn first showed up and him and Raiden fought, he had his group, he had his crew with him. His crew was Montaro, Rain, Shiva, I believe Ermac, and Queen Sindel. Alright. And he had just resurrected Sindel. So that was the whole plot of it. The whole plot was Liu Kang beat Shang Tsung to win Mortal Kombat, which was supposed to let Earth Realm be safe for however long that's supposed to be until the next time the next Mortal Kombat tournament happens. Somehow, Shao Kahn finds a loophole in all of this and resurrects Sindel, which allows Outworld and the um, Earth Realm to start merging. So the so the main plot of the movie is defeat Shang Tsung. I mean, not Shang Tsung. Defeat Shao Kahn, right? We see Shao Kahn with his little crew. He asks Rain, like, "What's the what's the report? What's going on?" So we already had Raiden telling Liu Kang go get Nightwolf. So that's another character for the future. We already had Sonya going to find Jax. So now we have Rain, who says we have taken care of. Cabal and Striker, so that's another two characters that, that they didn't even care enough to throw these throw these dudes in the movie, which is funny because they literally threw everybody else in the movie that they fucking could. Everybody, Shao Kahn is like, all right, cool, you killed them, but did they beg for their lives? Or how he talks? Did they beg for their lives? Whatever, right? He 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 talks. I know they was trying to make him seem scary and all that shit, but he sounds like he has to take a shit the whole movie. It's like, you know, like he just is one of them shits. It's not that it's not that he's in the middle of taking a shit and he's trying to get it out. It's like he's really he's trying not to shit. That's what he sound like. He sound like he good, but the moment somebody asks him some shit, he got to start talking. But he's still straining at the same time to keep his fucking um his colon muscles clenched. All right. So he sounds like that. So Rain is like, well, no, they didn't beg for their lives, but you know, they did. We ain't got to worry about them linking up with Raiden and the other, the other um, Earth warriors or whatever. 
he was like, okay, well, don't let this happen again. And then he uppercuts or whatever rain and rain dies. So this is our first instance of having a character in the movie for no reason other than to die or look stupid. There's no plot point. We don't learn shit about rain. We don't give a fuck about rain. That's I'm talking about the people who make it. They, they, they don't give a fuck about rain. It, he was just a face. So as a villain, I'm just like, that's stupid because then he's like, I need a new commander. So you mean to tell me that that was your right hand man and you killed him because the dudes that he didn't kill or the dudes that he did kill, they didn't beg for their lives. You that petty? What it, what difference does it make? You not getting any extra points for them begging for their lives. They fucking dead. But you so, you know what I'm saying? So villain mistake, villain 101 mistake. Don't kill your fucking henchmen or your subordinates for dumb shit. So this is when Mataro, Ermac, Shiva all throw their reason of why they should be the next commander. Shao Kahn don't want to hear none of that shit. He's like Queen Shiva. I mean, not Shiva, Queen Sindel. You the, you the new um, commander. So yeah, you you overlook your three fighters to let the chick that you just resurrected to be your okay, whatever. Liu Kang runs into Nightwolf. Nightwolf bit him and Nightwolf said some shit. Nightwolf was like, I have these these three tests that you need to pass. Liu Kang is like, I ain't got time for this dumb shit. Then Nightwolf says something and then all of a sudden Luke Kane is like well how do we do this I don't know what this nigga Nightwolf do after this but like he take an axe and I guess the axe got some peyote or some acid or something on the blade he throw the shit it hit Luke Kane Luke Kane start tripping he's hallucinating he's seeing shit all this shit you never see Nightwolf again Nightwolf shows up talks to Luke Kane for five minutes he gone while Liu Kang is tripping, he's having flashbacks. This is the this is one of the best parts of the movie. And this is a damn shame that this is the best part of the movie. I wanted the best parts of the movie. But during his flashbacks, he has he has a flashback to Mortal Kombat 1, like the, the movie, the first movie. And we see Shang Tsung. That's it. Just by him being the flashback, Shang Tsung wind up being the best part of the movie. That's just my opinion. While Liu Kang is tripping, we... Oh, oh, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I skipped a whole fucking scene. My bad. Before the Nightwolf shit happens, is Liu Kang and Katana going to find Nightwolf? Them two talk to each other, and, and, and this is when they're revealing their feelings to each other and all this shit. Next thing you know, smoke comes out of nowhere literally and figuratively like there's actual smoke showing up out of nowhere around their feet and then smoke the character shows up to fight Liu Kang a couple of henchmen come Katana is fighting these henchmen at a certain point smoke is about to hit them two with a big ass fucking missile out of his chest when Sub-Zero comes out of nowhere freezes them or freezes freezes smoke he freezes he freezes him to the point where every part of his body stops but the missile is still about to go off so Liu Kang kicks Smoke. Smoke falls down, blows up. 
Smoke is dead. Liu Kang is like, well, didn't I kill you in the last tournament? And then that's when um, Sub-Zero is like, no, you killed my brother. I'm somebody else. And I've come here because Shane, um, um, Shao Kahn had reprogrammed Smoke to follow you instead of follow me. That's all they say about that. So this is another, this is one of those scenes where unless you are a fan of the movie, you have, I mean, not, not a movie. If you, unless you are a fan of the video game franchise, you have no fucking idea why any of this robot shit is happening, this cyborg shit is happening with Sub-Zero. Before, so Sub-Zero, he, he makes a bridge for them to cross over because I think the bridge had got destroyed during the fight. He makes a bridge out of ice. Before they could walk over it, Scorpion shows up. Sub-Zero and Scorpion fight, which is one thing that a lot of people was waiting for because for Mortal Kombat, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, they are like the Ryu and Ken of, of Mortal Kombat as far as they were similar, they were palette swaps of each other, and they had a robbery. Now, the robbery was much more deadly between the original Sub-Zero, which was behind in Scorpion, what it then it was with the second Sub Zero was this um Kuai Liang in Scorpion. Scorpion wanted to kill him because he thought that was Sub Zero again. But once they got that shit together, they 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 got on better terms. Whatever that's in the game. So as a kid, I was amped up. I'm like, oh shit, Sub Zero is here. He's about to join them two, and now Scorpion come to fight him. That's my that's my two favorite characters. So I'm like, oh man, them boys gonna fight throughout the movie. This is gonna be dope. No. They fight. Scorpion knocks Zub Zero to the point where he's almost about to fall off the pit. Um, Liu Kang goes to save Sub Zero. As this happens, Scorpion, Scorpion teleports behind Katana. Then he's like, you suckers! And then he takes um, Katana and teleports away. That's the last time you see Scorpion. So then, Liu Kang is like, yeah, I need to go find Scorpion. I mean, I need to go find Katana. I need to go save her. Sub-Zero tell, basically tells him, no, bro, you can't do that. Like, if you were strong enough, she wouldn't have got kidnapped. This is what this is what Shao Kahn wants you to do. So, that pretty much makes him go back to the whole finding Nightwolf thing. This is when Sub-Zero leaves. And you never see him ever again in the movie so what was the you know like you know what i'm saying like so now you kind of seeing what's happening characters show up just to just for fan service if you a casual fan and you go to watch this you're going to be like what in the fuck am i watching the funny thing is even if you was a casual fan and you watched the first movie when you're watching the second movie you're like what the fuck is going on because they are throwing characters at you left and right who only in the movie for about five to six minutes and then they gone. So jump back to the Night Wolf scene. Night Wolf throws this shit at Liu Kang. Liu Kang is hallucinating. He starts to see flashbacks. He starts to see shit and he sees Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn is like, Liu Kang, you are a failure. And when he says that, Liu Kang kind of starts to turn. His eyes turn to like dragon eyes. But then he wakes up. We go across. I don't know where the fuck we at. I guess we are, are, are 
on the other side of the, the fucking I don't know. But now it's daylight, and Sonya is in this big facility. The only person in the facility is Jax. I don't even get what's going on. Apparently, everybody evacuated and just left Jax in that bitch. Ain't nobody tried to wake him up or nothing. And 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 what I don't get is it didn't take Sonya much to wake him up. So why ain't nobody say you know Sergeant? Jackson or Sergeant Briggs or Colonel Briggs or whatever the fuck Jackson is supposed to be Sergeant Major Major I think he yeah I think he a Major Major Briggs wake up we we about to go like we about to bounce nobody did that they just left that man sitting there Sonya wakes him up Sonya looking at him like what the fuck happened to your arms he like oh yeah boy I got these arms now I'm ready to I'm ready to to Beat people up. Sonya says some shit like, you don't need those arms. You were already strong enough. So this is a deviation from the video games in which when Jax first shows up, he has his regular arms. And then in the story, he gets his arms ripped off, I believe, by maybe Mataro or Goro or somebody. But he ripped his arms off. And that's why he has them cybernetic arms. Whereas in the movie, he just got them because he just wanted to be stronger. As them two reunite, Cyrax randomly shows the fuck up just like how smoke randomly showed the fuck up so cyrax goes he goes to go fight them sonya is fighting some henchmen jackson cyrax fight cyrax gets the best of Jax for a second then sonya jumps in he throws some shit at her and sonya throws a henchman in front of him the henchman disintegrates and turns into a skeleton the next time he does it, Jax just blocks the shit with his arms and flames it to the side like it ain't nothing. They throw some fire at Cyrax. Cyrax is about to do some move. Then Sonya picks up a bunch of fucking sand and blows it at Cyrax, which causes Cyrax to blow up. So I'm guessing that was supposed to be her kiss of death. I don't know. Fucking stupid. All the graphics in this shit, ass. So all this shit looks stupid. When that happens... A fucking dragon flies off of Cyrax's back and it looks bad and then it just disappears. We go back to Liu Kang who has just waken up from his hallucination or whatever and there's a chick and she just say hi or hello I'm Jade. So here's another character they just throw in there which I will say this at least out of all the characters they were just throwing in there at least Jade stick she, she stuck around for a little bit right. She pretty much throwing the pussy at Liu Kang. Liu Kang is like, my heart only belongs to Katana. I, I can't do this. And then they fight. And then halfway through the fight, she's like, you have passed the test. And he's like, this was another one of Nightwolf's tests and some shit. So she's like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to bring you to where Katana is at. Um, Sonya and Jax are now walking in this desert or some shit. Sonya runs into... Melina, you don't know this is Melina. They never say it's Melina. If you play the games, you know it's Melina because she's dressed just like Melina. She's wearing Melina's, um, I'm not wearing, but she's using Melina's weapon, the side. And um, Sonya's like Katana, and Melina's like you wish, and that's all Melina says before she's killed. They fight her and kill her. 
Oh, Sonya fights her and kill her. I think Sonya snaps her neck. Oh, I know at some point Sonya snaps somebody's neck. The the dragon flies off her back too. Then a big cockroach monster comes. Jax beats the shit out the cockroach monster. Then Jax, Sonya, Jade, and Liu Kang all run into each other. Sonya is like, well, who this is? And then Jax is asking Sonya, like, well, who that is? So Sonya and Lou, they talking. She, Sonya is like, oh, that's Jax. Oh, no. Matter of fact, I think Lou Kane is kind of like, oh, you Jax or whatever like that. But then he's like, oh, this is Jade or whatever. So for the rest of the time that Jade and Jax are together, Jax is constantly hitting on her. I guess he's trying to get her. They all start to go to find Katana. Um, Raiden goes talks to the elder gods about what's going on with um, Shao Kahn and his father because his father is the one who's getting Shao Kahn to do all this shit. The elder gods are like, well, look, if you love the earthlings, if you love the humans <laughs> this much, are you willing to, you know, sacrifice your immortality for the humans? And Raiden doesn't say anything, but then next scene you know or whatever you see Raiden show up Raiden pops up he has a new haircut he's wearing regular clothes and he's like hey guys who's am I'm regular like you now I can die I sacrifice my powers because I believe in you even though he was the strongest one he was like at that point he was the only one who could fight um Shao Kahn but he sacrificed his powers or whatever for whatever reason i believe some dumb shit happened where like reptile shows back up and now it's three reptiles and raiden fights them and then raiden tries to open up a portal for you know the for the group when sindel and shao khan show up now here's another perfect opportunity for them to kill the heroes sindel literally has the scream of a banshee all she has to do is aim directly in front of her and scream. And it'll probably melt and make make these motherfuckers blow up. She doesn't do that. She starts all the way to the right and starts screaming at all these caves and walls and bricks to destroy that shit. When she gets close to them, she stops screaming and they just let the they let the 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 structure and the caves gradually fall and break. Until they are supposed to kill Raiden and all them. But by the time that happens, boom, Raiden gets the portal. And they, they, they teleport away. Or whatever, right? What the fuck happens after this? So somehow, when this happens, Shao Kahn is like, they've fallen into my trap. And I didn't touch on this, but he just, the way he talks is some of the most ridiculous sounding ass shit. I know that he was probably talking like that to try to sound intimidating, but that shit, that shit is hilarious. Like the first thing he said in the movie, I bust the fuck out laughing. I had to, I had to pause the movie. I was just laughing too hard. So anyway, he's basically saying like all this shit is a trap. Jade um shows Liu Kang where to go at to fight Katana. When he walks into him and Katana talking, but then something flies by him a few times and Katana's like Lou it's a trap which I'm like why if you knew that why you didn't tell that man that the moment he walked in the door why you waited you know what I'm saying like why you waited to tell him shit 
This is the part of the movie which I always forget every time I watch the movie. And I realize I forget it because they didn't have, there's a lot of characters they didn't have to put in the movie. They especially did not, if they couldn't make him look any better than what they did, they should not even try. You see Baraka. Baraka has never looked good. He has never been a, he's never been somebody who was going to win sexiest man of the year. Whether it was real life or he was never going to win sexiest video game character of the year. Right? Unless you have like a real fetish for like shit that looks like Baraka. But whatever, right? I have never seen Baraka look worse in my life. The graph, a lot of the, a lot of the computer generated graphics and shit looked, looked as, but like, as far as like, let's say like the makeup that they did for like Shiva and Montaro, it looked decent. They could have done something like that for Baraka, right? They could have just made an ugly little dude, give him a lot of sharp teeth and called it a day. No, it looked like they just, they made a mask. And it's, it wasn't, and I don't think like, it's, it, I don't think it was like, you know how some movies where they create a mask, but the mask is also like glued on to the person's face and it's prosthetics and the mask can move with the person as they, no, this was like a fucking Halloween mask. Baraka had at least 935 teeth in this fucking mask and it looked like somebody just was stuffed up in a pillow or some shit. Just his his jacket, uh, his shirt, his torso looked like that. The he, just, oh my god! And what's so stupid is, costume wise, he looked just like Baraka from the game. But it was like, it was it was unnecessary because Liu Kang fights him for a good couple of minutes, and then Liu Kang knocks him into the pit and he dies. And when he knocks him into the pit into the fire, they don't even they didn't even have the 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 the. I don't know if they didn't film it and they forgot or they were just being cheap. But when Liu Kang knocks Baraka into the fire, if you watch the movie, pause that scene. And you're going to see that that's just rain from the, from the beginning of the movie when Shao Kahn knocked rain into the fire. So they just reused that whole fucking scene. As that ha after he kills, after Baraka dies or whatever, Liu Kang gets Katana out of the cage. They are swinging away. He somehow pulls out a kunai. Shiva comes into the room. He throws the kunai at the chain that's holding the cage up. And the cage just falls on Shiva, kills her. That's the end of Shiva. Shiva was in the movie for no fucking reason other than to die. She didn't fight nobody. She didn't have any progression, nothing. After this happens, Jade shows them where Sindel is and they whole understanding is they think that if Katana could get to Sindel then that's going to help the worlds stop merging and all that it was all a lie it, it didn't it didn't mean anything Sindel was still fucked up we come to find out that Jade is the traitor Liu Kang is like you're going to die when she literally dies the next scene because Shao Kahn is literally like why did I say literally twice? I don't know. The Shao Kahn is like, you failed me because they didn't die or some bullshit. So he picks her up and the same fucking roach monster thing that Jax had beat up earlier. Another one of them comes and eats Jade. Jade is gone. Jade was literally the only new character. 
at least on the protagonist side that showed up and stayed. And I'm not counting Jax because technically Jax, Jax was in the first movie. So after all that shit happens, we get to, I guess you could say the final scene. We have our matchups, right? We have Liu Kang looking at Shao Kahn like that's me and you. Jax already said, "Look, I'm taking, I'm taking Montaro." Um, Katana is fighting her mama Sindel, and Sonya's like, "I got the leftovers," which is um Ermac. Before all the fighting can happen, though, um, Raiden shows up. He trying to talk some bullshit to 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 Shao Kahn, which um, I think in the scene before that we all we find out that yeah when they when they look at Raiden when they look at the new Raiden they see that he has this dragon tattoo on his back so they all like well shit we didn't fought a couple of people who had this tattoo on their back Raiden is like oh yeah people in my bloodline have this tattoo but if the tattoo flies off their back then they was never real so you know Cyrax and Melina they not really a part of this bloodline or whatever. So that's when he says, he basically tells them, oh, um, Shao Kahn is my brother. His daddy is an elder god, which means my daddy is an elder god, and that elder god is named Shinnok. He doesn't say the Shinnok part. I think it's the elder gods towards the NSAs is Shinnok, and at that time, I don't think nobody knew who Shinnok was because Shinnok didn't debut into Mortal Kombat 4, and I don't even think Mortal Kombat 4 was out yet. So I can't even blame them for making him their father because like nobody knew what to do with the dude. The dude, he didn't have any story. I guess, the, you know, Midway and Ed Boone and all them told the makers like, okay, this is this is a couple of characters y'all can work with. So Shao Kahn hits Raiden with one fireball. Raiden flies back and dies. And before he dies, he's just telling Liu Kang, like, I'm so happy that I'm able to die like a regular mortal like you all. Sound dumb as fuck. Look, humans is cool. They, you know, humans is cool. Y'all cool. Y'all cool people. But if I was like a god, if I was raiding, boy, I'm not about to sacrifice my powers for y'all motherfuckers. No. Hey, look, some of y'all strong. I'm fighting on y'all side. But I know y'all ain't stronger than me. I don't believe in y'all that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Raiden dies. So this pisses Liu Kang off. Everybody starts to fight. So I'm not even going to lie. I don't remember what happened when Katana and Sindel fought. I'm going to just assume that Katana won, right? Jax and Montaro, they fighting. At one point, Montaro rips off of one of Jax's, um, one of, you know, the, the metal, the metal plates of his arms. And the bitch is trying to say, like, you ain't shit without this or whatever like that. And then I think he rips off the other one. At the same time, Sonya is fighting Ermac. And just when you thought this is the end game, this is the end of the movie, there is no way they can stuff one more character down my goddamn throat. Wrong. Like Charlie Murphy said, Wrong. This motherfucker noob side bot literally just like comes out of Ermac's chest. It just happens. So now Ermac and noob side bot are jumping the fuck out of Sonya. Sonya screams for help. 
a lot of people get a lot of people always try to say like Naruto and some shonen mangas and all this they do this this power of friendship shit but that literally happened all throughout this movie Jax is getting his ass whooped with his metal arms soon as Sonya says help Jax remembers like oh I'm that dude and starts to beat the fuck out of Montaro with his regular arms beats them up then he goes to help save Sonya Sonya's like I knew you had it in you the whole time then comes I'm a, I'm only reason I'm gonna say this was the second best part of the movie because I, I found this funny because it reminded me of some shit that happened in Bleach so Liu Kang and Shao Kahn are fighting Liu Kang starts busting his ass and when he starts busting his ass the Mortal Kombat song starts playing so you get that dun, 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 you get that shit right <laughs> you get that shit <coughs> and then Shao Kahn starts beating the shit out of Liu Kang and the music just stops <laughs> the music stops and he's getting with Liu Kang then he says some shit like Liu Kang you are a failure Liu Kang hears that shit he gets triggered like he was when he was high off that fucking off off that fucking axe that Nightwolf threw in his chest and the music starts again and now Liu Kang transforms into one of the ugliest dragons I've ever seen in my motherfucking life this shit look like how can I put this I believe the PlayStation came out in 1996 this movie came out in 1997 this dragon looked like a cutscene out of a PlayStation game that came out in 1993 let that sink into your head for a second just rewind it listen to that part again the dragon looked like he was from a PlayStation game that came out three years before the PlayStation was released that's what that shit looked like it was like this stop motion dragon and it was ugly it looked like it looked like somebody wanted to make a live action movie of gargoyles and they designed the first gargoyle and Disney was like uh uh y'all ain't making this shit throw this shit away and then they threw it away then somebody found it in the trash and was like oh I could use this for Mortal Kombat you thought that was bad and then Shao Kahn is like, oh, really? Guess what, little buddy? I can do that shit too, you hear me? He does it. He transforms into this Hydra eight fucking headed snake thing that looks even worse than the Liu Kang dragon. So this is pretty much them doing animalities. You know what I'm saying? So that was like, let's throw something else in the game from the game in the movie we didn't stuff every fucking thing else we can in this bitch let's draw in animalities for the fuck of it right which don't even work how they work in the game because in the game an animality is just a fatality where you turn into an animal you don't there's, there's never a fucking part of the of the game where you transform into the animal and then you can fight that's bloody raw y'all got the wrong fucking game buddy that's bloody raw what the fuck is y'all doing right so these dudes they fighting shit looks ass this shit looks like it comes from some shit from the 60s or 70s fucking jason the argonauts or clash of the titans or fucking flash gordon or some shit like that one of them old fucking movies which 
that was made in the 50s, 60s, 70s where you can be like, well, fuck, we didn't have the technology we had in the 90s. That's why that shit looked like that. That's what that shit looked like. They fight and they both fall off a cliff. When they fall off the cliff, the, the fall must be so bad that both of them go back into human form. As all this shit is happening, the elder gods, they show up and they stand behind Shinnok. And this is when one of them says the name Shinnok. And it's funny because as a kid, like I said, as a kid, when they said that name, that name meant nothing to me at all because I didn't know who he was because Mortal Kombat 4 wasn't out yet. I believe it wasn't out yet or it wasn't out in consoles yet because I damn sure didn't play Mortal Kombat 4 in any arcade. And I didn't play Mortal Kombat 4 until it was on Dreamcast and it was Mortal Kombat Gold. And, you know, the Dreamcast came out in 1999. So, yeah, it was a whole two years before I even know who Shinnok was. So, uh, I don't know what, I, honestly, all I know is somehow Liu Kang wins, and after he wins, fucking Shao Kahn, like, his body disintegrates, the dragon rips off his back, and it flies away, which I don't know what that meant, I don't know if that meant that Shao Kahn really was never a part of the bloodline, or, I don't know, the elder gods decide to imp imprison Shinnok, and by doing that, that takes away an elder god because he was one of them they walk up to raiden they just bring raiden back to life and they like say bro you want to be an elder god raiden like fuck yeah you fucking right i want to be like bro i know i gave up my immortality for these humans but i didn't actually expect to die like that like i ain't know this ball was gonna hit me with one fireball like bro i can't survive one fireball like one so, you know, he's an elder god. Now he's like, Lou, I will keep watching over y'all. And then the movie just kind of goes off. Um, They had a plan for a sequel because Robin showed um, Luke, you know, the dude that plays Luke Kane. When he signed the contract for that to for that role, he signed a three movie contract. So there was there was supposed to be a sequel, but the movie was such a commercial failure and a critical failure that they just scrapped that sequel um they kept trying to make another movie they kept you know changing producers changing directors changing cast changing crew the closest they got to really making a movie was in 2005 they were going to start shooting the movie in new orleans down here in new orleans right you know what happened in 2005 katrina once katrina happened that that knocked that plan out you know what I'm saying? And we didn't get another Mortal Kombat movie until 2021. And I'm glad we got that movie because that movie, it was close to Mortal Kombat as far as a lot of the shit. They got a lot of shit better. They got a lot of shit more right. They did fuck up by introducing a brand new character that was original to the movie who they tried to tie in with a, a original, you know, with a, a legacy character. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like that, but by all means, this was a way better movie than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It is getting a sequel, so that's good. You know, a Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation had to um, burn and crash for us to, to not only appreciate the first movie more, but for us to know what to what we wanted out of a second movie. And even though we didn't 100% to get out, not a second movie, but for like a reboot. And even though we didn't 100% get that, it we we still got a, a good movie what was so fucked up about the Mortal Kombat sequel is 
before Mortal Kombat came out, we didn't even have that many um, video games or movies based on video games. We had Mario Brothers, which was ass. We had Street Fighter, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode. It wasn't great, but it, it wasn't the worst. And I want to say maybe Double Dragon either came out right before the first Mortal Kombat or it came out around the same time, right? And Double Dragon was ass as well. So when we got Mortal Kombat, it's like, oh shit, video game movies can be good. We have hope. And then Mortal Kombat Annihilation came and squashed that shit. And I don't think we had got a good video game movie until like fucking Detective Pikachu or some shit, right? And Sonic the Hedgehog. Everything else in between, like the first Mortal Kombat and them movies was ass. I, I want to say I think that's everything to say about that movie. I can get into the details about why the movie turned out the way it is, but not this episode. Maybe that's for another episode, or maybe I might just point you into some resources where you can watch other people talk about it, because this is a lot, right? But um, that's it for this episode. Next week, I will wrap up the fighting game series. We will talk about Street Fighter and... um. Street Fighter The Legend of Chung Lee one of those movies is is dear to my heart the other movie if I could I would shit on it you know what I'm saying I, I hate that fucking movie but um until that next episode y'all stay good I am Razor and this has been the Nerd Voodoo Podcast peace <laughs>